Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Thank you for that applause. I can hear it, even though uh, I know it's happening. Thank, thanks, everybody, for tuning into the George Wilder Jr. Show. I hope it's great in your neck. I hope uh, everybody is feeling good, feeling great, feeling wonderful. We don't have time to be depressed. We don't have time to feel helpless. We don't have time to uh, let others tell, dictate to us that we can't do it. We don't have time for that. We're positive thinking people. We don't have time for people thinking negative about the direction of the country, especially when those people that are thinking negative about the direction of the country can do something about it, can turn it around, you know. So anyway, welcome to George Wilder Jr. Show. We were off, you know, as so many other people were for the holidays, Christmas and all that thing. So and we'll be off for um, on the 31st and the 1st of January, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. And uh, as like I said so many times before, if, if, if we're not on live, you can always podcast the show. We got a over two or three hundred, six hundred maybe <laughs> podcast live uh, that's available for your download for your listening. Download it. You can just listen to it right here on this uh, on Block Talk Radio. And this is internet radio, okay? Internet radio. It's not over the air radio. It's not. Uh, traditional radio is internet radio which i do love internet radio because we can reach more audience a larger audience i'm trying to say more of an audience and that's what we do i mean this uh 
I mean, it just goes all over the world. I mean, I get calls and, and have guests that are from countries I never knew existed. But, hey, wow, it's fun. It's beautiful. I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad. And make sure you tell everybody about the George Wanda Jr. Show. Tell everybody you know. You know. Especially if you like it, tell them about it. That's, that's one of the fair things to do on the George Wanda Jr. Show. And what are we going to do today? What are we going to talk about today? We got a whole slew of guests uh, ready for come on the show. Uh Starting next year, January 15th, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm show. I don't really like to date my shows because, you know, my shows, just about every show that I do, guest or no guest, it's as if you're listening to it live, but you're listening to you're listening to something that may have been recorded, podcasted two or three weeks ago, or even months ago, or a year ago. It sounds or more. But it's as if I'm coming to you live. I really don't like uh, uh, dating shows, but I sometimes it, it's 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 something that I must do uh, uh, because of, uh, of what's happening. You know, um, Christmas, uh, New Year's Day, and Happy New Year, everybody! Happy New Year! I almost forgot to say, but it is on the marquee. Happy New Year, everybody, and and uh, I hope you had a great Christmas, and I hope you have a great, great New Year. One of the things about this New Year is that we're going to be uh, in a shutdown. Now, Trump, that asshole, uh, fuck it, uh, that asshole shutting down the government, it's, it's partially shut down. It's not entirely shut down. I believe they're saying that it's one-third of a way shut down. To me, a shutdown is a shutdown. And this guy is shutting the government down because he can't get his fucking way. You know, he can't get what he wants. And we all know what he wants. He wants a wall. Um, he wants a fucking wall. How many times did he tell Americans, tell us and tell everybody that Mexico was going to pay for the wall? And Mexico gave him the finger. Now he wants taxpayers to pay for it. He wants Democrats to pay for it. And he's blaming Democrats for uh, uh, the shutdown. And nobody in their fucking right mind believes that. No one in their fucking mind believes this. This man lies so much. It, it's a wonder how he can get up and walk. Everything he says is just a lie. The guy... Finally, 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 finally went to see the troops, and he lied his ass off. This guy, one of the things I noticed about Donald Trump in some of these photo ops, which he loves, the man is getting really, really fat. He is getting so fucking fat. I mean, if he really looks at himself in some of these photo ops, and he has a nerve to wear a, a flak jacket, a military flak jacket, and he and he ran away from the draft five times, you know. But there was some uh, soldiers, some uh, recruits taking uh, photographs with this guy, and I thought that was I thought that was wrong. 
I thought that was totally wrong because that's what Donald Trump's. He wants attention. He craves attention. And for these young soldiers to go out there and give it to him, I, I just rejected that because you you're playing into his you're playing into his motorandum, and that is everything has to be all about him, him, you know. But anyway, he uh, got up on his high horse on a podium on a stage in front of military personnel and just lied to them about their pay raises. Lied to them about he's responsible that he got them a pay raise. The military has been been getting annual pay raises for thirty years, and it had nothing to fuck to do with Donald Trump. I got you some raises, lying his ass off, and the world knows that. The military should know that they're the ones who are receiving these raises, and it's not coming from that stupid ass, dumb ass, fat ass. Donald Trump. Excuse my French folks, but I am totally pissed. And I think every military person should be pissed. And they should stop, uh, you know, doing uh, photo ops with this guy. He's an embarrassment to, to the country. Donald Trump is an embarrassment to the world. We're in a fucking shutdown. And people are asking him when will the shutdown get, uh, it will be over. And he, well, uh, basically he's saying it's not it's going to be on as long as he can get his wall. No, it's going to be here until the Democrats take over and we vote this motherfucker out. We override him and, and reopen the government. That's what it is. They can't let Donald Trump think that he has carte blanche on closing down the government because he because he's pissed off that that we will not give him our money to build his fucking wall. He want a wall. Let him use his own money. Five billion, that should be a drop in the bucket for him. But he's just so used to fucking over other people's money. The guy has the guy has been a failure throughout his fucking life. Everything he touched turned to fucking rot. Rot. Everything now he's got his hands on the United States and we're turning to rot. This man is a total fucking failure. And we need the Democrats when they come in, when they take office on January 3rd, and we are going to be watching the people who have given them the blue wave. We are going to be watching what they do. And so many of us are, are, are so afraid, excuse me, so many of us are afraid that the Democrats are going to cave in to the Republicans because this is what they do. This is what they've, have, they've done in the past. If you, re, if you remember or recall some parts of Obama's presidency, Obama, I mean, he stood tough with the Republicans on some things. He stood tough. But at the end, he just caved and gave the fuck in to the Republicans. And this goes along with the Democrats in the House of of Representatives and when they had control of the Senate. They caved the fuck in to people who did not have any power at all. And this is one of the reasons I think the Democrats lost the House in 20, 2010, and they lost. And they were out of power for eight years until we put their asses back in with the blue wave. We are the one who initiated the blue wave. They just they just sat on their asses waiting for it to come through, waiting for to be ignited power that we've given them. And I have told them, I've contacted them, I have told them, 
Do not cave in to Donald Trump. Do not cave in to the Republicans. We did not vote you in. We did not give you the blue wave in order for you to kiss his ass, in order to uh, be weak or become weak or spineless with no guts, no balls. We didn't vote for weak-ass people to cave in. We voted for strong leadership. And I told Nancy Pelosi that. I told Chuck Schumer that. You know, uh, you know, in an email or in a Facebook post, because you can contact them. You can contact your representatives. And I would suggest that a lot of people who uh, were responsible for the blue wave, everybody who voted, get out there and contact these uh, Democrats who you voted for and tell them not to cave in to the Republicans. I think this is the reason why they lost everything in 2010, because 2009, 2010 – uh, the Democrats had the House of Representatives, they had the Senate, they had the White House, but they fucked up, caving in, uh, fighting and bickering with each other, trying to figure out who's going to be on TV first, and they lost, lying, and they lost by being weak. We didn't want no weak fucks, so we voted them out, and a lot of these folks who 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 voted against the uh, Democrats in 2010, they voted Republican because they know that the Democrats were weak, very weak. And now that it's go- we're going into 2019 and the Democrats have control of the, of the House of Representatives again, which we gave them control. They didn't do it themselves. We gave it to them. And we did not give them uh, this control to be weak, to give in to the Republicans. To set down and get kicked in the teeth. Because if they give in to the Republicans, then we have a we have more work to do. We gotta get a, we gotta vote out the Democrats, the weak motherfuckers. We gotta get them out and put in somebody who's going going to stand up to the Republicans, who's not gonna bow down, who's not gonna get weak, weak needed, and go home and cry. This is a fight for the country. This is a total fight for the country. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're going to take a slight musical break, and we're going to be back, folks. We're going to have a great slew of guests next month. At least we have a lot of people booked, and we have a lot of people scheduled to be on the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is such a great thing when there are so many people uh, wanting to be on on my show. And and this has been happening for years. I mean, for years. I've been on for years few years now and it's been happening for years and so many people want to be on the show and a lot of times you can't really book everybody on the show because (laughs) but i can do what i can all right we'll be back in a flash
Yeah, right now we are in a government shutdown. This is the sixth day. The sixth day that the government has been shut down and Trump is sitting back laughing. 800,000 more uh, federal workers, people who work for the government, federal workers, uh, some are not getting paid, then some are working and not getting paid. Those are the votes that's going to go and hit Donald Trump in his ass if he's fortunate enough to make it to 2020. You've got federal workers working for free. A lot of them are going to go into hardship because a lot of people, if you think about it, a lot of people who are working from day to day, they're living from check to check, whether they are working in government or uh, private industries. Uh, people are working from one check to the next. 71% of Americans in the United States have no savings in the bank. People are not saving. They don't have anything to save. I don't care uh, how how uh, important or high up their jobs are. People are just not saving. And I'm pretty sure there are some people in uh, the federal government that's affected by this shutdown. Uh, they're living from check to check. One check could mean you may get evicted from your apartment or your condo. One check means, uh, one missed check could mean that you're going to get your car repossessed. Or your your college, uh, your college student uh, will have their financial aid uh, eliminated, whatever. You may not be able to buy, buy food, you know. Trump and his Republicans, they don't give a fuck. They do not care. They don't care if you starve your ass off. They don't care if you drop dead in the middle of the street. They just don't. And Trump is still out here trying to um, split us all up, divide the country even more. This is all this guy is about, dividing this country. He loves it. He gets off on it. Food stamps. Okay, from the date of this show, they're saying that food stamps will not be affected by this government shutdown for at least a month. Now, there you go. There you go. You're gonna have, now you have a lot of people scared to shit, scared shitless because they, in a month or so, they could be losing their food stamps. They're, they're going to starve. Their kids are going to starve. This is ridiculous. This is why I've been advocating and been um, saying for a long time, impeach Trump and reopen the government. Get his ass out of there. Let him know that he cannot destroy America the way he wants to do it, the way he's done his businesses bankruptcies, lawsuits, not paying his employees. They're suing him. But he ends up, you know, shutting these people up by writing them a check. But that still doesn't dismiss the charges that have been brought against his ass. Remember, he has two felonies on his ass. If he wasn't president, he would be indicted. 
he will be going to jail. If he wasn't president, he would be indicted. But he's going to do so much fucking damage before going to prison to our country. It's going to be mind-boggling. Then that's what he's trying to do. That's what he's trying to do. Taking our mind off of all of these fucking felonies and and this criminal the Mueller probe. You know, I, I, I think that the Mueller probe is done. Of course, uh, it's going to be – Robert Mueller is going to submit his, his report to the Democrats. Do not give his report on this probe to the Republicans because they will bury it. They will not let us see it. It must be given to the Democrats so they can make do with this – this criminal thug in the White House, this idiot, this pathological – this guy is beyond being a pathological liar. He lies so much there is something mentally wrong. <laughs> Donald Trump lies so much you just know there is something going on about this guy, something fucked up in his brain. There is something messed up about Donald Trump. He is not human. There is <laughs> I'm laughing, I'm smiling, but it's true. I'm just this guy should not be president. He has no brains whatsoever. He doesn't listen to people who are smarter than him because he thinks he's smarter than they are. He has no experience, he has no no nothing, no background on anything, but he thinks he's smarter than everybody. Lawyers, doctors, you name it, psychologists. Uh, shrinks, you name it, uh, everybody, his generals, the military, he thinks CIA, all these uh, agencies, he thinks he's smarter than them all, and he rejects them for Russia, and he should serve time in prison, but he may get off. I mean, once Donald Trump goes to prison, he could get off for insanity. That might work because <laughs> he is crazy. Even some of the people around him, even some of the Republicans are saying the same thing. This fucker is nuts. And he is. He is. And there is no way uh, of saying it. And he should not be in office. He's a crazy fuck. He lies every time he opens his mouth. He lies so much. Catch him in his lies. The more people say he's a liar, the more people catch him in his lies, the more people, then the more he lies, he just continues to lie. Trump's lying. Trump, the American people don't believe you. Yes, they do. <laughs> That's a lie. We don't believe you. We don't believe you. Lie, lie, lie all the time. I mean, there is something wrong with him. He, I think he believes his lies. And then after he's told that he lied about something, then he'll try to change it and lie about it again, but in another way. Even some of, the, some of his Republican colleagues in Congress, behind closed doors, they're saying this man is nuts. Behind closed doors, they're saying he's crazy, that, that he's unfit. He's a loony. He's a basket case. This is what they're saying behind closed doors, folks, and that is a fact. They're saying all of these things behind closed doors, but once they get in front of those cameras, 
they don't say those things. They actually seem as though they're for him. They're kissing his ass. They're saying things about him, you know, uh, that they support. But when they get behind closed doors where there's no cameras, there's no public, there's no Americans. Donald Trump is nuts. He's crazy. He's insane. He's a fool. He's a buffoon. He's an idiot. This is what they're saying behind closed doors about Donald Trump. But they would never say that out in public in front of the cameras because a lot of them are afraid of Donald Trump. I mean, they are literally afraid of Donald Trump. They're afraid if they say something bad about him, he's going to tweet something nasty about him. And if they're in a tight election, he's going to tell voters not to vote for him. So in that sense, they are afraid of Donald Trump. These are people who we voted in office who are supposed to be working for the fucking public, not Donald Trump. We gave them their jobs. We gave them their paychecks. We gave them their great health care. But they chose not to work for us. They chose to kiss Donald Trump's ass and say to hell with the rest of us. This is one of the reasons why I think the Republican Party is over. They've got – if they want to save face, this is what I'm going to say. If the Republican Party wants to save face, they're going to get – have to get rid of Donald Trump. That's the only way they're going to save face because America is not on their side, and they know it. They know it. Even the staunch Republican voters have turned against them. Fox News is not getting the ratings that it once used to get. MSNBC is beating Fox News in the ratings. That should tell Republicans a whole hell of a lot, that America's uh, turning away from the lies. Even the lies that permeate Fox News and some of those anchors. So I do think, I do think that uh, this is the end for the Republican Party if they do not get rid of Donald Trump in 2019 and long before 2020. Because they're saying that he's running again. Well, he can run all his... Excuse me. It was something got in my eye. He can run all he wants, but he will not get anywhere because we're going to do another blue wave for 2020. We will be right back, folks.
day after day, waging a war on reality. Let's be honest. Let's talk about his relationship with reality. Confronted with facts that don't fit his view of the world, his strategy is this. It's simple. Deny, deny, deny. Don't okay, you let's mean start lie, with today. lie, Falsely lie claiming again. that migrant children were not tear gassed at the border this weekend. We don't use it. Okay, so facts really matter, right? And the fact is, children were tear gassed. You can see that for yourself in this picture. There it is. This is a president who not only denies reality, denies what we have seen with our own eyes, he denies what members of his own administration tell him. Of course. Think about that. There is the big climate change report the White House tried to bury by releasing it on the day after Thanksgiving. A report produced by a team of 13 federal agencies. 1,656 pages full of facts, of science, and really frightening predictions (laughs) about what could happen as temperatures continue to rise. Food could be scarcer. The U.S. economy could lose hundreds of billions of dollars, and thousands more Americans, quite frankly, could die. We're already seeing evidence that this country is being hurt by climate change. Farmers in Georgia could lose two and a half billion in the wake of Hurricane Michael. But he doesn't give a fuck. But when burying that report didn't work, President Trump, or President T, as he has nicknamed himself this weekend, simply said he doesn't believe it even though it's his own administration's report. Yeah, I don't believe it. No, no, I don't believe it. This is a president who's not only anti-science, he's anti-intelligence. His own CIA has concluded that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman personally ordered the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But President T continues to define, to defend, I should say, the Saudis and the Crown Prince, saying maybe he did and maybe he didn't. And he's made it very clear why he's so willing to defend the Saudis. 
It's all about the Benjamins. Concerned that they're not punishing Saudi Arabia more to send a message to other world leaders that they can do as they believe in America could be weaken their eyes? No, not at all. Saudi Arabia has been a uh, long-time strategic partner. Uh, they're investing uh, hundreds of billions of dollars in our country. I mean, hundreds of billions. And of course, this president has consistently ignored the clear conclusion of his own intelligence community that Russia interfered in the 2016 election. Tonight in Mississippi, at it again, falsely calling the Russia investigation a witch hunt. We have a lot of bad people. We have a lot of phony stuff like the Russian witch hunt garbage. So this is not true. No matter how many times he says it, the fact is this. Three people have been sentenced to prison in the Russia investigation. Ask them if they think it's phony. One of them, George Papadopoulos, just started his sentence today. 35 people and entities have been charged with a total of 191 criminal counts. 191 criminal counts. So witch hunt? Not so much. So maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that this president seems awfully eager to let the Russians off the hook for opening fire on opening fire on and seizing three Ukrainian vessels near Crimea. And act the president's own ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, says the international community must condemn. But the president himself was about as mealy mouthed as he could possibly be. Why can't the tough guy be tough on Russia? We don't like what's happening, and hopefully it'll get straightened out. On the same day, the president bragged about manufacturing jobs. The previous administration, they said manufacturing's never coming back. It's gone. You need a magic wand. Well, we found the magic wand, and that's actually... That's actually going to be increasing by a lot in the next short while because we have a lot of companies moving in. That was the same day he bragged about manufacturing jobs. It was bad news for GM today. The company announcing it will cut 15% of its jobs and close five North American plants. Yet this president has nothing but bluster for CEO Mary Barra. I was very tough. I spoke with her when I heard they were closing. And I said, you know, this country's done a lot for General Motors. Empty, tough talk. Ignoring the facts, even when they come from his own administration. It seems that people only tell the truth about this president when they've got one foot out the door. Here's the latest example. Congresswoman Mia Love, a member of the president's own party. She conceded today to Democrat Ben McAdams in their Utah congressional race and slam the president for saying this. Mia Love gave me no love, and she lost. Too bad. Sorry about that, Mia. Well, the congresswoman took a big gulp of truth serum and said this. This gave me a clear vision of his world as it is. No real relationships, just convenient transactions. That is an insufficient way to implement sincere service and policy. And there is another inconvenient fact facing this president. Six in ten Americans disapprove of the job Donald Trump is doing as president. 
according to a Gallup poll out today. Just 38% approve. But it's unlikely the president will get the message. Because listen to what he said in response to that classic Thanksgiving Day question. One any child can answer. What are you thankful for? What are you most thankful for, For having a great family and for having uh, made a tremendous difference in this country. I've made a tremendous difference in the country. <laughs> thankful for himself. He ain't did shit. He, he has done nothing but screw it up. He screwed up this country. Yeah. And we're going to have to fix it, folks. Donald Trump has screwed it up, and he's going to keep screwing it up. And this is why I'm saying we have to stay on the Democrats and make sure that they do not cave in to this monster because they have been caving in for the last, uh, I don't know, five, six, seven years, even longer than that, to the Republicans. And getting their asses kicked. This is this is why they lose elections. People see the weakness in these Democrats. They see the spinelessness. But we cannot let that happen this time. We got to keep fire. Uh, we got to ignite a lot of fire under their butts if they start to give in. Uh, Democrats always start off talking tough, like Trump. Talk tough, 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 and then they just wilt. I've seen Schumer do it. I've seen Obama do it when he was president for uh, uh, especially in his uh, uh, first year, second year. I mean, Obama caved like no other person that I've ever seen. And we were all so disappointed. We thought at one time that Donald, that Obama was a Republican. He caved into him so much. Uh, But we cannot let, uh, the 2019 blue wave Democrats cave into Donald Trump or the uh, Republicans, because that's likely to happen. I've been talking to a lot of people on Facebook, a lot of people here and there, and we're saying the same thing. We cannot let the Republic, excuse me, let the Democrats fold like a deck of cards or crumble like a house of cards in the midst of a, Government shutdown. Okay. Uh, Right now at this moment, there is not a Democrat or Republican on Capitol Hill or or nowhere to to uh, try to open back up the government. So the this thing is going to be shut down, maybe well into uh, uh, January 2019. Maybe well into it. Donald Trump is not letting up. He wants his fucking wall. I mean, he's like holding Democrats hostage. I mean, the guy said that uh, pertaining to federal workers not getting their paychecks because of the shutdown, Donald Trump came out with some bullshit saying that most of the people who are affected, uh, most of the federal workers who are not getting paid are Democrats. Total bullshit. He's saying that uh, it's Democrats who are not getting paid. Ain't that a bitch? Not going to get paid. Democrats, Republicans, independents, anybody who is a government worker, federal worker, will not get paid. It doesn't matter what their affiliation is. They will not get paid. This man is 
<laughs> this man is crazy. And a lot of the um uh politicians blasted Donald Trump back. They they tore into his ass for saying that. And rightly so. This is just another way of dividing people, dividing people. Trump is about division. He's about violence. He's about hatred. He's a racist pig, and we all know it. He should be impeached for just being a fucking racist. He should be impeached for just being a white nationalist. He called himself a white nationalist. He labeled himself a white nationalist at one of his fucked up rallies. And he's not ashamed of it. And he hasn't denied it yet. There's no denying. He hasn't denied that he's a racist and a pig. And a jerk and an asshole. Who should not be in our White House. He should not be in our White House. There's no doubt about that.
Yet more bad news this week for the uh, U.S. territory of Puerto Rico. As Donald Trump said during an interview with Fox News, that there is no way in hell he would ever consider granting the island nation statehood to become an official state of the U.S. And the reason is because Donald Trump is such a petty little snowflake that he doesn't want to even consider giving them statehood because there's people in the, on the island like San Juan Mayor uh, Carmen Cruz who aren't nice to him, who are mean to him. That is the actual reason that Donald Trump gave as to why he would not even consider giving Puerto Rico statehood, something that folks on the island have been trying to get for decades now. Because they have all the burdens of being a U.S. citizen. They have to pay taxes. They have to do all that stuff. They just don't get any of the benefits, right? They don't have a representative, or at least not a representative that has a vote. So nobody's out there looking out for their best interest, but they must adhere to all of the laws and regulations of the United States. So they have all the burdens and none of the benefits. And obviously, that's not fair. I mean, hell, that's what this country was founded on, right? that Donald Trump was accused of committing federal crimes by federal prosecutors in federal court right here in New York City. The first time was exactly 108 days ago on August 21st in the same case when Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to those federal crimes that he said he committed, quote, at the direction of Donald Trump, who's identified only as individual one in, those case, in the case. Michael Cohen said then, that those crimes were committed for the principal purpose of influencing the election of the President of the United States. Today, the prosecutors filed their sentencing memo in that case, saying that Michael Cohen should get, as Rachel and I just discussed, a substantial prison term for his crimes against the United States of America. Donald Trump is identified in the prosecutors' filings simply as individual one. But the filing notes that in 2015, individual one, quote, began an ultimately successful campaign for president of the United States. In committing two of Michael Cohen's many federal crimes, prosecutors say, quote, he acted in coordination with and at the direction of individual one. So individual one has committed two federal crimes, according to federal prosecutors, working in the Trump Justice Department. Now, there is actually nothing in the Constitution that says the President of the United States cannot be indicted and charged with a crime. There is nothing in the Constitution that says the President of the United States can never be charged with a crime and never put on trial in court while he is serving as President of the United States. That is not written in the Constitution anywhere. In fact, the United States Supreme Court has ruled that the President of the United States is subject to personal civil litigation and can be dragged into court and into trials in civil cases while serving as president of the United States. Paula Jones established that legal principle in her civil case against President Bill Clinton. It's merely a relatively recent Justice Department tradition outlined only in memo form that says the president should not be indicted. And so the only conceivable reason why Donald Trump has not been indicted as a co-conspirator in the Cohen case is that he won 
the presidential election that he conspired with Michael Cohen to illegally affect. If Donald Trump lost the election and federal prosecutors were pursuing this same case, he would be facing exactly the same consequences as Michael Cohen. He would be charged with exactly the same two campaign finance violation crimes for arranging secret payments to two women during the campaign to buy their silence about their sexual affairs with Donald Trump. Michael Cohen said under oath repeatedly that Donald Trump was a co-conspirator in his crimes. The prosecutors have now said repeatedly that Donald Trump was a co-conspirator in Michael Cohen's crimes. And now Michael Cohen is facing substantial prison time for those same crimes. And Donald Trump is facing what? Will Donald Trump be the only president in history accused by federal prosecutors of committing federal crimes who does not then face impeachment for those crimes? Congress moved to impeach Richard Nixon when the special prosecutor described his crimes. The House of Representatives moved to impeach and did in fact impeach Bill Clinton when the special prosecutor showed that he committed perjury in that civil case involving Paul Jones. And so if history means anything in the Trump era, if precedent means anything in the Trump era, Donald Trump will be, must be impeached because of the crimes prosecutors say he committed in the Michael Cohen case. Prosecutors outlined other crimes unrelated to Donald Trump that Michael Cohen committed, including multiple counts of tax evasion, some of which involved his taxi business, and false statements to financial institutions when applying for loans. A separate sentencing document on Michael Cohen was filed by the special counsel's office today. In that document, Robert Mueller describes Michael Cohen lying to Congress about his efforts in coordination with presidential candidate Donald Trump to pursue what Mueller calls the Moscow Project which included business opportunities in Russia for Donald Trump, including building a Trump Tower in Moscow. The special prosecutor's sentencing recommendation was for leniency based on Michael Cohen's very helpful cooperation in the with the special counsel's investigation. The special counsel's filing indicates that there could be much, much more for Donald Trump to worry about in what Michael Cohen has been telling Robert Mueller. The defendant has met with the special counsel's office for seven proffer sessions, many of them lengthy, and continues to make himself available to investigators. His statements beginning with the second meeting with the special counsel's office have been credible. The defendant's assistance has been useful in four significant respects. First, the defendant provided information about his own contacts with Russian interests during the campaign and discussions with others in the course of making those contacts. The defendant provided a detailed account of his involvement and the involvement of others in the Moscow project. The defendant also provided information about attempts by other Russian nationals to reach the campaign. Cohen spoke with a Russian national who claimed to be a trusted person in the Russian Federation who could offer the campaign political synergy and synergy on a government level. The defendant recalled that this person repeatedly proposed a meeting between individual one and the president of Russia. Second, Cohen provided the special counsel's office with useful information concerning certain discrete Russia-related matters core to 
its investigation that he obtained by virtue of his regular contact with company executives during the campaign. And third, Cohen provided relevant and useful information concerning his contacts with persons connected to the White House during the 2017-2018 time period. And fourth, Cohen described the circumstances of preparing and circulating his response to the congressional in, uh, inquiries. Now, we have got a big leadoff panel tonight, all of them are returning stars to this program, so we won't run through that lengthy introduction that we normally do. We will just take them one at a time. Uh, Jill Weinbanks, as a former uh, Watergate special prosecutor, uh, I want to get your reaction first to this development and what it means in the history of investigating presidents. Here we have a president of the United States accused in writing in federal court by federal prosecutors of committing crimes, what happens next? Well, this is the second time that that's happened where federal prosecutors mm. named a president because we did it in Watergate. Richard Nixon was named an unindicted co-conspirator and was um, allowed to have all of his evidence, which included the Watergate, the, all the tapes from the Oval Office, introduced in evidence against his co-conspirators. And this is a very dramatic and big day. This is the linkage between Donald Trump and Russia in crimes. That's what this means. And there could be much more because you have a lot of redacted information in both the Manafort uh, part of it and some things that are not redacted by being blacked out, but are redacted because they're so vague as to what other information Cohn has provided to Mueller. Um, it also is interesting because there are really three cones. There is the cone that the Southern District saw, there's the cone that the special counsel saw, but there's also the cone that his lawyer presented in his earlier filing in his request that there be no jail time except for time served. And I have to say, I fell for that. I felt sympathy for Cohn as portrayed in his lawyer's document. And it's a good thing that you always wait till you hear the full evidence before you jump to conclusions, a lesson that I hope Whitaker is paying attention to since he already formed a conclusion about evidence. Um, obviously, my original opinion of Cohn was correct. He cannot be trusted except when he is confronted with corroborating evidence. So that's the other thing we learn is that Mueller must have significant corroborating evidence in order to have believed him now and to have put forward this evidence that links him to the president in a conspiratorial way. Uh, Barbara McQuaid, as a former uh, federal prosecutor, when you look at these two different filings today about Michael Cohen and you see these two different versions of him, uh, what's your reaction to that and what leaps out with you, uh, leaps out at you from a prosecutorial perspective uh, from these documents? Well, it's possible that uh, th th these two stories can be reconciled, that he was forthcoming with the special counsel and that he held back on certain things in the Southern District of New York to be considered a cooperator and get credit for cooperation. You have to answer all the questions. You can't say, I'm not going to talk about that subject matter. And it sounds like that's what happened in the Southern District of New York, whether he is trying to protect someone else or some of his own misconduct there. It's hard to say, but he would not be fully forthcoming there. But in uh, Robert Mueller's case, they thought that he did answer 
their questions to their satisfaction, but I think a couple things come out. Number one, uh, the special counsel says, and would not say this without corroboration, that President Trump directed Michael Cohen to violate campaign finance laws. That's a serious crime, and he is named there as individual one with doing that. That's not just a regulatory offense. That is a crime, that uh, a law that exists to protect the integrity and the transparency of our elections. And they say in there that President Trump committed that crime, not just based on the say-so of Michael Cohen, but have corroborating evidence to say that. And I think the other thing that, that comes out here is that Michael Cohen has also provided information that goes to the core, they use that word, of the investigation of the special counsel, and that is interfering with the election. So he's talking about so-called collusion. There is a Russian individual who referred to it as political synergy, but they are getting to the heart of the matter. And Michael Cohen has information relating to coordination with Russia about the election. Tim O'Brien, uh, you wrote the book, a book, one of the books on Donald Trump and his businesses. Uh, uh, you know Michael Cohen, you've dealt with Michael Cohen. What is it that would prevent Michael Cohen from becoming a fully cooperating witness in the Southern District uh, and today be getting a recommendation for leniency instead of the recommendation for substantial prison time because he has not been cooperating. I suspect, and this is just a suspicion, that it's the same thing that's made Paul Manafort um, you know, go back on his word multiple times. I think it's worth remembering both Michael Cohn and Paul Manafort came from rough and tumble business worlds with rough and tumble clients. In both cases, uh, they had clients in Eastern Europe, they had investors from Eastern Europe. Michael Cohn went to high school with Felix Sater, who is a career criminal. Mm -hmm. They did these deals together. Um, we know that Manafort was tied to a number of uh, Ukraine uh, billionaires and, and a very prominent Russian oligarch. Uh, and, and so I suspect at some level they're trying to protect either their families or their own hides from retribution given the kind of careers they've had and the people they've associated with. However, and we've talked about this a million times, Lawrence, these aren't a particularly smart group of people, right? <laughs> yeah. this, this is sort of the latest installment in stupid Watergate. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I, you know, just these people stumbling over their own feet can't be dismissed. And uh, Ron Klain, we have reached a, a political crossroads here because the uh, prosecutors in the Southern District have done everything that they believe they can with individual one. They have named him uh, in these documents. They have shown him to be a co-conspirator with Michael Cohen. They have shown him to be the person who is directing Michael Cohen to commit the crimes. The crimes are committed at the direction of and with the cooperation of individual one, who is now the president of the United States. Uh, the next the next way to deal with this, the only alternative way to deal with the crimes described uh, in, in these documents committed by the president is the impeachment process. Yeah, Lawrence, and I think it's going to obviously have to get a hard look. Look, we now know we're in the middle of R-rated Watergate. I mean, you know, it's Watergate with some salacious sexual elements to it. But when you peel back all that, I mean, the, this is really spot on Watergate. Donald Trump paid someone money to do something illegal to help him win the 2016 election. That's what those papers say today. He paid Michael Cohen money to uh, violate the campaign finance laws and cover up these two affairs he had by paying off women 
to help him win the 2016 election. And, you know, it doesn't really matter whether or not the information coming out would have changed minds or not. Watergate was prosecuted and pursued, even though Richard Nixon won 49 states in the 1972 election. So using crimes to win a presidential election, that should be a question the House Judiciary Committee takes up next year. Ken Delanian, you've been following this, uh, all of these cases uh, closer than any of us on a daily basis for NBC News. What are the what are, what are the news items today in these filings? What are the things we learned today that we didn't know yesterday? I think you've already articulated them, Lawrence, but just to emphasize the fact that federal prosecutors, not Michael Cohen, who stood up in court and said it before, but federal prosecutors are now endorsing the idea that Donald Trump ordered Michael Cohen to make illegal payments to women that were a violation of campaign finance law. Now, the issue with that law is that, um, unlike many laws, to convict somebody of it, you have to prove criminal intent. So sometimes ignorance of the law is no defense. In this case, it actually is. So it's not so simple as linking Trump to ordering the payment that makes him guilty of the crime. But nonetheless, it seems clear from the fact pattern. Michael Cohen is clearly saying he had criminal intent. He knew this was about protecting Donald Trump for the election. And he would testify at a trial. It seems pretty clear that that was Donald Trump's intent. And another piece of evidence of his criminal intent is that when, Donald, when this first came out, Donald Trump lied about it. He said he didn't know anything about the payments. Um, and of course, the other big piece of news, which you alluded to, is the level of cooperation that Michael Cohen is providing on the heart of the investigation, which is Russia collusion. And it's not completely spelled out here, but it's not just about the Trump Tower Moscow. There are a number of issues here um, that are alluded to where, where Cohen talked to Mueller's office about contacts with Russians, and it goes into the White House. It also talks about uh, Cohen dealing with people in the White House up until this year. And that is the first mention of Mueller coming into the current White House as opposed to the campaign. And the last thing I'll say, Lawrence, is that this document shows once and for all that Donald Trump lied. And I, I, I don't say that lightly as an as a objective reporter. When he said at the first news conference he held as president that he had no contacts with Russians and was aware of no one in his orbit that had any contacts with Russians during the campaign. Because clearly in September 2015, uh, according to this court document, he conferred with Michael Cohen about reaching out to the Russian government about having a meeting with Vladimir Putin. It's right there in black and white. Um, and for Donald Trump to say that this exonerates him is simply absurd. Yeah, as you point out, Ken, there are several spots uh, where the special prosecutor is saying Michael Cohen is basically telling us all about everyone he's ever talked to within Trump world about uh, the Moscow project and uh, including uh, conversations that he has had, as you said, going right into this year go with the administration, people in the administration going all the way into 2018. Uh, and also in Robert Mueller's sentencing memo from Michael Cohen today, he said the defendant provided information about his own contacts with Russian interests during the campaign and discussions with others. Who are those others? Discussions with others in the course of making those contacts. The defendant provided a detailed account of his involvement and the involvement of others. Which others in the Moscow project? Cohen described the circumstances of preparing and circulating his response to the congressional inquiries. Uh, joining our discussion now, Michael Isakov, who has been studying uh, for years now the Trump involvements in Russia. And Michael, when you, when you hear the special prosecutor say, read the special prosecutor saying that Michael Cohen filled them in on his discussions with others uh, about the Russian businesses, there could be a lot of others that they're talking about there.
Right. And what it only underscores for me is that this ought to be the responsibility of the Congress, because if we're relying purely on Mueller to get us the answers to these questions, I'm not sure we're going to get them. Um, if you look really closely at the language in the Cohen sentencing memos, um, uh, including the one by the special counsel, um, there's language that could have been used to flag the fact that they're going to use the information Cohen gave them to bring additional criminal cases. We saw it in the Flynn memo in a non-Russia matter, substantial assistance to the government. That's the key. They don't say that with Michael Cohen, including in Mueller's memorandum. There's nowhere where they say that Michael Cohen gave, provided substantial assistance to the special counsel that will allow the special counsel to bring additional criminal cases. So all these unanswered questions that are out there, and I believe there are many, uh, and we learned additional ones tonight as a result of these, I think Michael Cohen ought to be called by the House Judiciary Committee, the House Intelligence Committee, right away and testify openly in public about all of these matters, then we can get some answers. Because if we keep waiting for Mueller, we may never get the answers to a lot of the questions.
thanking Trump for visiting the troops and treating it as a campaign rally about himself. It's all about himself. And Fox News, the news organization that usually and have been kissing his ass for years, they are tearing into his ass. And I don't blame him. He's an idiot. He's a fool. He's gaining weight by the pound and makes visiting the troops. He makes visiting the troops all about himself. All about himself. All about him. Thinks he's smarter than any person on the face of earth, on the face of this earth. He thinks he's smarter. And the GOP is going to be along uh, for the United States of America. It's going to be a, a long shutdown. This is the sixth day as I'm doing this show of the shutdown. Okay? And it's a bitch. I mean, in the long run, the longer the government stays shut down, the more of a bad effect it's going to have on some things. Some things, especially federal paychecks to those who are in federal jobs, federal positions. Uh, as I've said in the, at the beginning of the show, a lot of these folks, a lot of these people, these wonderful Americans are working from one check to the next. They miss one check. Who knows what could happen? They could end up homeless, end up losing their house or, the, or their car being repossessed because of one payment. Remember, I, I believe I said 75% or 71% to 75% of Americans do not have any savings in the bank. People are not saving, not because they don't want to save. They just do not make enough to save, especially if you're living from one check to the next. And things are constantly going up. You go out to the stores, the malls, the supermarkets, uh, you know, things are just going through the roof. And there, there is no remedy. There's nobody out here talking about how things are increasing. I mean, rents, for instance, um, rents are going to go through the roof. Rents are pricing a lot of people out of their, their, their apartments, their homes. I mean, you can an apartment. You can also rent a home. You can also rent a condo. And they are going through the roof. And people are living from one paycheck to the next. You think your landlord or don't make, he wants his rent, or you've got to and there's nothing you can do. And that's why I stated a few years ago that there should be a cap on, on rent. There should be a limit to where a uh, uh, a landlord can raise uh, a, a person's rent because, as I've said, a lot of people are being priced out into the streets, becoming homeless because they can't afford a lot of these apartments. And a lot of these apartments cost two and three thousand dollars a month, as much as a house, maybe more than a house, probably. And it's just ridiculous. It's getting, and there's nobody out here fighting for the renters. There's nobody out here fighting for those who rent homes and houses to keep this stuff at at a uh, minimum where you can afford it. Even some mortgages, they used to have fixed uh, mortgages. Now, 
no more. If you're paying the same mortgage as you were paying 10 years ago, then they're going to go up on you on something else. They're going to make sure that they get all your money. I mean, some of these people feel that if you can go out and buy groceries and eat groceries, they're not charging you enough rent or they're not they're not charging you enough money for whatever you may want because you because you're eating. When it comes to the time when you can't eat, then they feel they charging just the right amount. And this is true. This is true. There's nobody out here fighting for the little guy, the little guy. Because if there were there were uh, people out here, and if there is people out here fighting for the little guy, just think about this. If there is, if there are people out here fighting for the little guy, they're in between and minute. You don't hear anything about them. You don't hear anything about them because they don't have the wherewithal to actually uh, be a part of be a part of a bigger uh, uh, stage. They don't have a they don't have a really have a microphone. They don't have television cameras around them. They're not anybody famous. So a lot of people go up skirt if they're trying to fight for something. You know, in this day and age, you got to be you got to have a name. <laughs> you got to be about something before anybody will listen to you. And that's very very true. If you're not about anything, if you don't have anything, if you don't get aren't doing anything, why should they listen to you? And this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Happening. Excuse me. My mouth is stuck. Uh, right now, there's people who are actually out here trying to bring uh, light to an issue that has been long uh, neglected or forgotten or people just didn't give a fuck. There is no one out here fighting for the little guy. Like, not like it was you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. People all out. I mean, anytime you brought up an issue to someone, an activist was out there in the street uh, <laughs> carrying signs and, and marching in, in circles for this, try to get this change and that change. There's nobody out here fighting for the little guy. That's why things are going through the roof. I mean, if you if you if you're renting an apartment, your landlord can just, you know, price you right out of it. And that's what's happening. That's why a lot of people end up homeless in shelters and nobody give a fuck. We need our uh, elected officials to fight for us on any issue that we bring to them. They're not fighting for themselves. I mean, when you vote somebody into Congress uh, as a representative, you're voting them in for two years and they're going to get $174,000 annually for two years until we vote them back in. That's if they do a good job. And a lot of these folks go go to Congress to get rich, to get paid off and bought off, and and to forget about the people who put their asses in office. We don't have any real representation. We really don't. And everything we buy, everything uh, we want is going up. Have you ever walked in one of these uh, – I'm going to say Jewel. Have you ever walked in a Jewel supermarket, maybe even a whole food supermarket, and let's say you want to buy some cereal. Okay, you want to just, just want to get some cereal breakfast for your kid or something. You go to the cereal aisle, and you discover that the cereal boxes have gotten smaller. They've gotten thinner. 
that means that the manufacturers are, are giving you less of that cereal. And here's the kicker. You're getting less of that cereal, and they're charging you a higher price for, for less. That's what it is like. They're giving you less of everything and charging you more for it. It's happening all over America. You walk into any supermarket, sometimes any restaurant, you're getting less and they charge you more. Less and less than, than you were getting before. You know, because a lot of times I go into these supermarkets, I go to the cereal aisle, and I say, look at these thin-ass boxes. Look at the, and they jack up the prices. More for less. Now, somebody somewhere should be out protesting that kind of abuse. I think it's abuse or cost increase, whatever you want to call it. Somebody should be out there protesting that. There should be somebody somewhere saying this is not fair. This is not right. This is this has to stop. We do not have leaders like that. We just do not. And when we don't have leaders fighting for us. In these kinds of things, the manufacturer, the landlord, the building owners, the housing, uh, they are, you know, free to charge whatever they want, no matter how high. If you can't afford it, get the fuck out. That's how they feel. If you can't afford to pay this or pay that, get the fuck out and let somebody move in who can that's the way of the world, folks. That's the way of the world. You really can't um, uh, really lambast and criticize people who do this when the government, when your when your representatives are not out there fighting for you, fighting for you. I've seen too many people in in uh, shelters who used to live in cheap housing. I mean, I'm. I'm let me put it this way, affordable housing. Affordable housing is not affordable anymore. Either you have the two or three thousand dollars you're gonna be paying a month, uh, or or you don't. Simple as that. They're not gonna to try to make any kind of arrangements arrangements for you. They don't want half rent, they don't want half the rent, they want it all. And uh, I just feel feel so bad for some of these people who are being priced out of their living spaces and nobody nowhere gives a fuck. And we have to do something about that. Now, let me get back to Congress and this uh, and this uh, American shutdown of the United States by Donald Trump. Congress adjourns. There is no end to, to the shutdown in sight. There is an end. There can be an end. Once the Democrats take power on the 3rd of January 2019, they can do something. Donald Trump did not sign the funding, so that's where uh, the government is shut down. But hey, wow, the, uh, when we have two chambers in Congress, the uh, Senate and the uh, House of Representatives, and if they vote to, to um, reopen the government and override Donald Trump, remember the Congress the Congress is just as powerful. The Congress as a whole is just as powerful as the White House. So they can 
you know, they once they are back in session next year, and once the Democrats take power in the House of Representatives, they each chamber can vote again or you know, or vote to override Donald Trump, Donald Trump and reopen the government. This this is what I'm hoping for. This is what I want. And they can do it. A president or a governor can by uh the Congress, the chamber, the legislature, they can be overwritten. Just because Donald Trump says this or does that doesn't mean that he can't not be overwritten. And he needs to be overwritten on this one. Okay, the George Wilder Jr. Show is just about off the air. I want to thank everybody. It's been so fun. So much fun. So much fun. Sometimes I can't talk straight, folks, but I do the best I can. All right, Trump. um, Okay, I'm reading this uh, on Facebook. Fox News hit. Trump for turning troop visit into campaign rally. In other words, turning the troop visit around and turning it around about him. About him with his fat ass. I mean, this guy is really, really big. Sitting down, eating uh, French fries, Big Macs, and watching television and lying. All of this stuff has made him a lot fatter. And uh, he looks a lot older. Uh, and I agree with Karen. He is an egomaniac idiot. You just you, you when you're dealing with Donald Trump, you don't know how many times to call this guy an idiot, a fool, a liar, because this is what he is. This is his makeup. It's in his genes. It's a part of his. Uh, um, it's a part of himself. Is what he is. Because he lies every time he walks. He walks. He lies. He breathes. He lies. Man, we are in a lot of trouble with this with this guy. And uh, this shutdown is affecting um, federal workers. And it will be affecting, if it's not resolved real soon, pretty soon, it's going to be affecting food stamp recipients. Yeah. And Donald Trump does not give a fuck. He really doesn't. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's been good, folks. We've, we're off for a couple of days because of the holidays. And uh, it, it feels good to be back next month, January uh, 2019. We have a whole slew of guests that I've just booked on the show. And I hope you are in tune in for that or podcast it, whatever you want to do. Uh, I want to say I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening and podcasting the show wherever you are in the world, in the world, for listening to the George Wilder Jr. show in your car, in your house, in your walking down the street, on your iPhone or whatever, whatever, how you listen to the show. Thank you so much. And uh, we hope to see you back here uh, at the George Wilder Jr. show tomorrow 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 happy holidays everybody and i hope you had a great christmas happy holidays from the george wilder jr show bye-bye everybody be nice to one another Bombs be-